Welcome to Write That Down, hosted by Nate Ulrich and myself, Jacob Novak. This is a podcast where two everyday creative people try to break through the noise and do creative things. This week, we're joined by our friend and old housemate, Evan Quinter. Evan has taken part in a lot of different creative projects, including some of our own videos. But today, we're focusing on his music. We talk about his history and composition, being original, and adapting existing work. So, let's get into it. All right, Evan Quinter, welcome to Write That Down. Thank you for being our second ever guest on the podcast. Thank you for having me, guys. I am a huge fan of the show, and I have been since day one, so it is a huge honor to be here. Well, thank you. I mean, also, we we probably would not have forgiven you if you weren't a big fan of the show. So, But yeah, yeah. so I was just, I was thinking recently... We're, we're talking a lot about originality and especially through the lens of music, which you have a lot of experience in. And the first time we ever met was actually because we were both freshmen joining the Junietta College Contra Choir. Yes, sir. Uh, and so basically for the entire time that we've known each other, we've been doing music stuff or creative stuff together. That, that's kind of, you know the big through line for us right oh absolutely it's been our it's it's been our shtick kind of yeah so <laughs> and it's and it's just nice to know because it's something that has brought not only you you and i together through so many different points in our life but a lot of our friend group is also connected through music as well yeah for sure uh and yeah and so i mean some of that I mean, we can touch on it briefly. Like, I mean, you helped me in my VPT sketches that we've talked about and you were in Y-Men and things like that. Like you've, I've been doing these video things and then I just drag you into it, which is always fun. <laughs> I have a couple uh, compilation uh, blooper reels of you specifically for your birthday on my YouTube channel. <laughs> um, but we also... Uh, did some music stuff together like we always talked about writing music together uh and we did once kind of uh i think that was freshman year right yep oh yeah absolutely one one of our friends had written uh, a poem and so for our first project we figured oh like when uh, let's set this to music to be honest jacob i think that was my actual first come composing project actually so hmm. you were there for the first one nice i'm honored yeah and i i went back and listened to that uh, to our muse score file if you're not familiar muse score is a free uh music composition program that we both use uh i went back and listened to that file and i was expecting to cringe but it's not bad i actually really enjoy it it's <laughs> yeah yeah there's stuff we can fine tune but but we should get back to that at some point for sure i mean there are some things that were definitely choices that i would like us to rethink but yeah i would i would love to do a version two of that so yeah and so that whole project uh called message from above would you say that that was kind of the the causality for you composing breath of the ocean yeah I, well I would say it definitely started the com composing flame, if we'll say that. Uh, because I, you know, I have been doing music for a while. I started as a kid, and it was something that stayed through um, through middle school and high school. Um, but the act of actually creating and arranging music, that was never really a thought. Um, 
until after our project. And then, concurrently, then, that is what led into Breath of the Ocean. So, actually, yeah, I suppose it it it, it was the fire starter, for sure. Sure. So, Evan, um, can you, for many, uh, for the three of us talking on this podcast, we know what Breath of the Ocean is. Sure. Uh, but can you, can you give us, uh, or the audience, a, a, a whole picture of what Breath of the Ocean is? And, and if, if you, Jacob, this is our job now. If, if he ever is too humble about it, we, we have to butt in and, <laughs> uh, and give him, you know, all the praise for, for something like that. But can, can you give us an overview of exactly what that is? And uh, since it is called Breath of the Ocean and a big piece of that um, talks, it, it literally, quite literally uses the title in the way it is sung and the words chosen for that song. Can you like speak all about that? Oh, yes. That's why I'm here. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it got me there. Um, so, yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of start with where this project began. Uh, and so the summer after our, uh, our sophomore year of college, um, I was doing like a work and study program uh, that was on a sailing ship. Um, and so it was a really wonderful experience. Um, but part of the deal then was that we didn't have any internet. And so I had downloaded MuseScore onto my laptop for Jacob and Mive's past project. And I just honestly hadn't touched it um, afterwards. And this is something that I truly uh, believe in and, and support is uh, boredom is something that will ignite the best ideas. Mm. So when you don't have the continued distractions of the internet, you know, I began to think about like, oh, like, you know, I'm continuously surrounded by the ocean. And I think it's something that is very, uh, has a lot of personality. And it's this, and this is idea that this entire ecosystem that I'm surrounded by right now actually has a personality and is almost like a living being. And so for me, I thought like that would help a lot with um, not only as a new way to see the ocean, um, but to help with uh, ideas of conservation and to see that something that we as humanity are harming um, is actually a living being. Um, And so that's when it all started, essentially. so one of the key words in this uh, piece is uh, ebb and flow, right? Which is something that is very tr- integral to the ocean. Um, and this is idea of swaying back and forth. Uh, and over the course of three to four months of writing it, um, it came together. And it the final version is essentially a 12-minute piece uh, for choir and orchestra. Yeah. And, and we had the, the pleasure of being there to help perform it and bring it to life. Uh, because mm-hmm. you, it was our senior year. So it was just a, a couple of years ago where you brought it to the orchestra and choir at Juniata. And we not only performed it at, I believe it was our fall 2018, uh, choir concert slash orchestra concert. Uh, but then mm-hmm. we went on tour in Germany uh and right. uh performed it there and so Nate and I absolutely loved being able to be there for such a big moment and and just for the listeners at home uh there will be there's a link to uh a like phone recording it's not a professional recording of Breath of the Ocean but it's it, it's still very cool to listen to uh so that'll be in the description uh and also here's just a, a 30 second or so clip Uh, so you can get the idea of what Breath of the Ocean is about. (laughs) 
that you were able to bring this to what was you know a group of your friends in this choir and and allowed to share that with us and and Jacob we were able to stand there and sing and practice this piece and let this piece let Evans Evans journey on the ocean his experiences his thoughts his memories from the ocean that flowed from his his mind onto ink onto a paper and then we were able to stand there and sing it. I mean, that's an incredible feeling and not very many people in this world get to do that. And not very many people in this world get to do that with their very best friends. Mm. So, th- I mean, that was a huge moment for you, Evan. But that was a very magical moment for a lot of those people in, in the choir that were that was bringing those memories and words and, and emotions to life. There was no... I mean... Quite honestly, there would be no nobody else that I would want to premiere this with, honestly, because it's something um, so deeply personal. Um, and because this was my re- really my first big composition, um, and to share that not just with um, you guys, like my best friends who I feel comfortable being that vulnerable with, but up to, uh, you know, like how many, how many people were there? Like 40 or 50 musicians, um, not including the audiences. It is a very nerve-wracking experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in a way. But quite honestly, on the flip side of it, it was such a joy and it, just pure excitement the ent- entire time. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys know this feeling because you do this so often, but to have something in your head and something that you imagine and to actually make it tangible and actually make it real um, is a true is truly a wild feeling. Um, and there's nothing like yeah. it. So, so let's, let's take a step back and go to that feeling of making it tangible. So we talked about, we've talked about kind of the origins of how the idea for breath of the ocean came to be. Uh, what about the process of actually writing and composing it, uh, putting the, the thoughts into Muse score. How how did that uh, start? What kind of obstacles did you face going from a blank page to a, a full twelve minute piece? <laughs> yeah, obviously this was very tough because I was living on a boat at that time, so I did not have any instruments. Um, hmm. Which, as someone that uh, always plunks things out on a piano, that was really tough to just work out of a computer and. Here's here's a, a little Breath of the Ocean insider knowledge for you. I actually started with the finale and just worked my way backwards. Hmm. 
Really? Um, because that was the... Um, I think this is true for anyone, if you have an idea or if you're a composer, you know, you have these melodies. These melodies that, like, stick out to you and they are almost so loud that, like, it's forcing you to actually create it and, like, get it out. Um, that was very true for the family, and so that's what I needed to do first. That's interesting. So so you heard you heard the, the melodies in your head uh, before you actually had a, a music musical instrument or synthesizer or, or something to to hear it mm-hmm. actually played you you heard it in your head uh yeah yep so i mean wasn't wasn't beethoven deaf i know you you're not deaf evan but do you think that there is something special about music where you don't necessarily have to hear it but if 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 you you don't have to hear it through your ears but if you hear it in your head and you're able to put it on paper or or put it into a a um a software, uh, I mean, there's something special about that, right? Oh, sure, absolutely. Um, you, you know, I do want to, I do want to be clear though. Like, I very much did use the playback feature on me. Um, of course, on the on on this program, it, it just shows how good Beethoven was <laughs> at, at making music. But you know, I just wanted to put that out there. You know, you're in the same level. And it's still a feat to be using the playback feature for MuseScore because as much as we love MuseScore, those sound effects are not always pleasing to the ears <laughs> they're not yeah. always the most gracious no <laughs> sorry muse score um yeah but it's um what was really difficult too is that um as you guys know the finale is quite chaotic oh yeah because the choir is uh it's satb scoring but it's split into eight parts um and then, of course, you have a full uh, orchestra at the bottom. So there's so many parts going on at one moment. And so for this first project, that was a that was a really tough puzzle to figure out. Um, and it took a lot of dress. Well, why did why did you do it that way? Why 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 did you do it that way? What what was sort of the? Did you have it just in your head that I want all of this chaos that's resolved into something be the end of the piece? Uh, how, and that was easier than than building up to it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because I knew that was the storm, right? That wow. was the climax that everything should have been leading up to. And if I don't have that base to know where I'm going to finish, right? To me, that wouldn't have allowed me to go back and create the actual uh, process for it. Now, was that that storm that we we hear in the, in the song that that chaotic part? Was that the uh was that something you experienced on the boat for instance was that uh, did you experience like the brute strength of the ocean or were these was was this more tied to the emotions of the folks actually living on the boat was was there any sort of not physical fight on the boat but are we are we talking about what's happening on this boat are we talking about the actual storm under uh and, and and force of the ocean underneath the boat uh that's a really interesting point i I hadn't thought about that. Uh, for me, like this project was solely focused on the ocean. I was not thinking about my crewmates <laughs> at all. Um, just to be quite honest. Yeah, I just thought I'd ask. Yeah, but that's but that's interesting, right? Because yeah, with any type of art that we're creating, everybody takes it in certain ways. Um, right. So of course, right. it could be interpreted that this is also uh, exemplifying the experience on the actual boat and what I was experiencing with the crew. Absolutely. What, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how how does your studies 
Now, and I'll let Evan explain exactly what he studied in college, but how does your studies, which is very much so a hard science, play a role in something like this? And how closely does it tie to the fact that you studied what, uh, what you ended up kind of composing, right? Yeah, so my undergraduate degree was actually in environmental science and marine biology. Um, so this piece was kind of, like, personally, this was like my magnum opus because it took these two um, loves in my life, which was uh, marine ecology um, and marine conservation and music. Um, and it culminated into something that was totally new for me, which was composing and Breath of the Ocean. And, and the reason I ask that is because this whole this whole show is about originality, mm-hmm. and and I think it's important to distinguish the fact that you know you your 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 studies your degree is in a, a science, and yet and it also very closely connects to this creative expression form that you've you've put into as music, and and that in some way that's connected with you know our our topic of originality and and i so i thought that that might be important to to look at and see the similarities and and further flesh out exactly why or 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 for instance if you instead of we're on a boat you're you're walking on land what would your big masterpiece uh be called or be like it wouldn't be breath of the ocean it would be something like Walking on sunshine, soggy yeah. dirt. <laughs> Walking on sunshine. There you go. Yeah. So I I, I want to uh, come back to the process of putting it in in music or getting the actual score back because I mean I'm sure Nate and I can relate to the experience of uh you know you have this huge project that you're working on. Were there moments where you kind of thought, you know what, maybe this is a, the, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe uh, I should just rewrite the entire thing. What what was that whole process like for you? Oh, I mean, every day that I was working on this, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, uh, this is how one of our professors at our college explained it to me, but it's uh, essentially like a big U-shape in that at the beginning, the more and more you work on it, um, this feeling of, um, oh, like, this is not good. I should not be doing this. Um, you know, this is just not, like, nothing about this is good. That feeling just continues to go, to go down until you hit the rock bottom of being, like, almost, like, quitting and you're at that place where you're stuck. And so for Breath of the Ocean, for me, that was a lot of uh, tr- transitions, Um that was essentially the whole beginning. Um, I had no idea what I, what I was doing. I had no idea how this was going to start. Um, and I thought that was going to be it. And I thought, you know what? Okay, we should just cut it. And this was fun for a while, but this will never actually be finished. Um, hmm. But it is, you know, pushing past that rock bottom point and continuing just to like tinker and tinker. Um Eventually, you hit that aha moment, right? And then you start to go back up and back up along that U-shape. And you start to see things come together. You start to see that, wow, this is really cool. This is sounding great. Um, and then when you get to the end, you have a finished product that you have worked 
um, and put your soul into. A lot of us live lives that are influenced by so many things. And my question to you is about uh, influences in your work, as well as uh, what happens after you've completed your work and you hear something else that was done with a but with a professional orchestra and a prof- and, and it's and it's quote unquote better. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to two points that you had made um, specifically about how science and music had played into this, um, because those were two huge inspirations for this piece specifically. And personally, I think this is true about the hard sciences field um, in that the truths and the messages that we come across there um, have a communication problem. And the way that hard science reveals the world is can be coupled so well with artistry. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was the huge influence behind Breath of the Ocean. Um, and so when we talk about originality um that is where it is coming from for me i'm coming from a place of uh marine conservation and my love for marine sciences and my love for music as well and figuring out how to combine those two um and like i said like that has that's how this has all created um and to me this was uh, an original piece this was something new that i wasn't sure if anyone had thought of and then about six, seven months later, um, a really well-known uh, choral, choral composer and uh, arranger, his name is Jake Runestead, came out with an album and one of the songs on there is called Waves. And if you listen to it, it is very similar to Breath of the Ocean, like <laughs> in so many ways. Uh, like in my piece, there was a, uh, there's a part where we say... Um, whirling and swirling um it goes back to this idea of things being like pushing and pulling flowing and ebbing things like that um and for jake rune said he has the same idea but i think for him it's like turning and churning right so it's it like that's how similar <laughs> it is it's outrageous um and i think at first i was obviously very surprised and there quite honestly like there was that ting of like oh well i guess this wasn't as original as I thought it would be. Um, but listening to his version um, again and again, um, not only is his version like wonderful, and it's really a masterpiece, and I really encourage everybody t- to go check it out. Um, but mm-hmm. personally, what helped me is realizing that, yes, these two pieces are very similar, but there are also moments that they are starkly diff- starkly different. And you can tell that they're composed by two very different people. So even in that instance where there are two pieces that are so similar, the originality is coming out because of the composer's specific voices and the specific perspectives. Hmm. I like that. I like that message of you know, things can be two things, right? Like it, uh, you can have something that is similar to another piece of work or, or something like that. Uh, but it's all about perspective. It's all about all of us having a unique mm-hmm. perspective so that it will never be, you know, a truly unoriginal thing unless you are just, you know, looking at a thing and saying, I'm going to copy that, you know, <laughs> like even <laughs> yeah. if you're both of you are writing two similar pieces of music with similar themes, uh, as long as you're not, you know, actively looking at one another, there's still going to be your own 
voice in there. And I, I think that that is important to talk about is, you know, we all worry about being unoriginal, but I think that's the best sign that you will be original, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great way to put it. Like if you are specifically looking to be unoriginal, uh, to be original, you're quickly going to fall into a box, right? And you're, <laughs> you're going to fall down that rabbit hole of thinking, oh, well, well, if I'm building off this person and if that person built off somebody else and you go down the line to, you know, to the first time that music was ever created, it is just maddening. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's it's, it's it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, especially in music and, and other creative endeavors, but sp- specifically in music, I mean, you we literally learn music through other people's work. I mean, that's the way we learn. I mean, you played the trombone, Jacob. I played the trumpet. Evan, you played a whole bunch of instruments, but but violin was one of them, correct? And in order to learn that instrument, we played so many people's work, right? And so we're building our foundation on other musicians. And 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 now uh, we're sort of you're not we're not judge whether it's original or not, but. All of the music that we've learned, all the notes that we've learned how to play, all of the intricacies and nuances that music provides are influenced or are are because of what somebody else wrote. And then and then and this just expands and sort of is exponentially just greater to think about the fact that, you know, our friend Evan here was able to build something that was different and original and, and something that he completely came up with in his head. Yet his entire career of learning how to play music was somebody else's work. I just I just find that fascinating. And I can and I can totally uh, agree with you on that point because a lot of my uh, pl- playing learning what and what I mean by that is um, things that I've performed instrumentally has all been largely classical music. So that's where I'm drawing off of. Um, and I think you can tell what I was listening to at the time of writing Breath of the Ocean, uh, because what the music that I had saved on my laptop at the time was a lot of film scores, right? So those are two mm-hmm. um, of the huge influences that are pulling me, and that's what I'm basing things off of. During our break, we just wanted to thank everyone for their support and kind words since we started this podcast. We've been having a lot of fun putting it together, and it makes it that much better when we hear from you. And that's why we want to encourage you again to keep interacting with us through our email, askwtd at gmail.com. If you have any topic suggestions or questions for us, just send them in and we'll answer and shout you out on the show. Once again, that email is askwtd at gmail.com. Anyways, let's get back to it. So if, if we keep on going and we keep on moving along, what does it look like now post Breath of the Ocean? Have have you are you working on any projects? And if so, uh, what are some lessons that you learned uh, after or by doing something as as big as Breath of the Ocean? Yeah. So my current project is with our uh, old college uh, orchestra director. And we are partnering with a singer-songwriter in State College. Uh, 
His name is Eric Ian Farmer. He's fantastic, really talented uh, musician and performer. And so what we're doing is I'm putting three of his pieces and arranging them for orchestra and choir. And what it's now morphed into is uh, a five-piece uh, concert, and I'm quite excited for it. And it's it it's uh, bring bringing back the excitement and the elation that I felt when working on Breath of the Ocean. Um, so I'm really excited for that. And the way that I'm scoring now is so different than what I was doing for Breath of the Ocean, um, and it's much easier. And I had to credit that a lot to you guys and the people that helped me perform Breath of the Ocean and to learn from that. Huge learning experience, right? There's so many innumerable little things that I like picked up and had to change. I think one of the main ones is that nothing will really be perfect or finished. I think there were all there will always be things that you want to go back and change. And I remember I think specifically the first rehearsal that I gave the scores to the choir. And this was like the 12th draft of this, right? And I was like, okay, this is perfect. <laughs> I think within the first five minutes, somebody found a lyric typo. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you yeah. remember that? Oh, I so do remember obvious. that. <laughs> but I think it just speaks to kind of give yourself a little bit of grace. And I know that Jacob and Nate um, are often tell me to do this and I think the vice versa is also true because they are also um, creatives and I have seen your guys' uh, work workflow and how intensely you care for your projects <laughs> so I think this is true no for no, no no don't turn this around on us <laughs> this is about you <laughs> do you see do you see how I tried to flip that yeah <laughs> yeah that was good that was good yeah. that was good um, um, can you can you uh, also talk about I guess you know, being original in adaptation. So obviously you're, you're going to be putting your own creative spins on somebody else's work. And, um, can you just, you know, speak on that? Is that originality or, or is that something different? Sure. Yeah. So this project is new in the sense that I have never arranged somebody else's music in an entirely different way. Right. Because it's, you, it's, usually my own melodies. But now the melody is already done and the lyrics are already done. So check, check. That's great. Um, <laughs> maybe. And I sent them uh, an early draft. Um, and they said, you know, this is cool, but like, if you really want to go all out for this, like, please do. Um, and I love that. I love that encouragement because that lets me take somebody else's work and fully put my own spin on it. You know, they are giving yeah. me um, the freedom to just go wherever with it. And um, and you had a, a lot of room because you I've listened to a few drafts of what you had. And then I also listened to some of the originals from uh, Eric Ian Farmer, who, yeah, is amazing. Isn't but he so some good? Of the, oh. Yeah, he's so good. Yes. Uh, but like yeah. some of his yeah. pieces, some of his songs are his voice and like scatting and just like body percussion Percussion, yes and so that must be such a like a freeing but intimidating experience in you know trying to uh incorporate an orchestra or just background voices into that right it Mm -hmm. has been 
it, it's probably been the toughest thing for this project is how do you translate the organicness and the and the authenticity of Eric as a performer when it's mm-hmm. just him or it's just him and a guitar and how do you translate that to a full choir and orchestra and and you have to like capture like and and hopefully we can also hopefully link some of the original music uh, in this podcast but you also have to somewhat capture the the power of the single performer with within a group of up to you know potentially 80 mm. musicians and and the power of one person and and the, the music is powerful right it has emotion it has so much so much behind it every word and every beat and everything has so much into it and now you have to take that and and make that powerful powerfulness come out with several musicians if not up to you know however many you're working with and and that's just it blows my mind that 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 you're a part of this project and 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 taking this challenge on it's it's It's, awesome it's so exciting and that's what you know if if we want to take it into the realm of originality um you know yes i want to make this something completely new so that it is this new work that is bring uh premiered into the world but with that i don't want the originality to take away from uh eric's uh stamp on this right mm-hmm. because i want him to be in this these are his pieces um and it is this tough balance of um, making sure that both of our voices are still in this, or even that it's more Eric's voice and his vision, and I'm merely su- supporting that and putting in, in a new spin on it. Wow, you know? I can't imagine. I mean, Jacob, try try taking somebody else's. Well, I guess maybe you could do this. I'm trying to think in my in my world. Like, try taking somebody else's uh, vision of a video, and then cutting it up and completely changing it, but also trying to keep it real. Like you, I just can't, I can't even think about how that would translate. And, uh, and so I, I, I'm just, my, my mind is blown that, that <laughs> this is, this is something you're working with. I mean, it's crazy. It's, I mean, it, you know, I say all this, but it's been an absolute blast so far. It, <laughs> it yeah. has really been so much fun I, because in my daily life, you know, it, it is not, uh, creative focus and so to have this creative outlet uh, is really uh, a saving grace honestly now so so we've jumped around uh a lot with you know just your experiences from breath of the ocean to now uh do you have any lingering thoughts on all these experiences whether it is originality or uh being faithful uh, to adaptation or just, you know, the, the creative process for you in general? You know, I think this is something that we are <laughs> all learning on and uh, with the creative process, it is something that will continue to be evolving for each of us, you know, just to look at myself now and then to compare myself to what I was doing for Breath of the Ocean. Um, it is two starkly different composers and... Um, the influences between each other are quite different. And so I guess the two things I would want to make clear is that like things are going to change. Your voice is going to continue change. Um, and 
on this path to go forth when you're looking for your voice and originality. It's always going to change. Um, and mm -hmm. that's what kind of makes it beautiful and it makes it you because you can kind of track yourself through your career. I, I, I actually put this put this quote down um, because I thought it was so, so nice. Um, it goes, originality is not what's new, it's what's true. And I think that really speaks for not breaking boundaries and not destroying um, the conventional wisdoms, um, but it is expressing what is true to you and your experience because we all have our own songs and our own voices um, to put forth. Wow. I love it. No, you know what you should do? Uh, real quick, uh, in, in 50 years, Jacob, or in 50 years, Evan, I want you to go back on a boat because I know you will. <laughs> and I want you to uh, uh, compose another piece, Breath of the Ocean 2, Exhale of the Ocean, okay? <laughs> Exhale of the Ocean. And, and I want to be able to listen to it and I want to feel your lived experiences from now and then 50 years from now. And I want to feel how your lived experiences changes uh, the way that you compose about the ocean. And we have to have parts in it. Oh, yeah. That's what I was <laughs> yeah. going to say. I was going to say, I don't think you have to imagine because you're both going to be premiering in it. So don't <laughs> Oh, worry. there we go. I like that. Oh, well, a bunch of us well, in our 90s. Or I don't know how old <laughs> we are. In our 70s, late 80s. You know, trying to trying to bebop around. I, I may, love it. I, love, I think I this may is the perfect. even write Sorry? a brass part. For Breath of the Ocean too. Oh, oh, the trumpet here and the trombone there just got really excited. <laughs> just got really excited. We'll invite a good friend of the pod, Sam Worley. He would he'll bring his whistles as long as there's a uh, an Irish whistle part. Um, it'll be good. I, I think this is a perfect time to go into our last segment. Um, thank you first uh, and foremost for for being with us, Evan. Uh, but of course, you you're a avid listen to listener of the show. And our last segment is an important one to both Jacob and I, because Jacob gets to talk about a lot of things that I don't understand. Uh, but I would invite you to uh, tell us, Evan, uh, you're definitely not procrastinating. Do you have one prepared for us this week? I actually have two, because this is also one of one of my favorite parts. I'm sorry, it's only one. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, I'm well, then kidding. I'll make it really quick, because I think it's actually the kind of perfect culmination between your... You two. So the first uh -huh. one um, is a book that I'm reading, and it's called Overshoot. Um, and it's by William uh, Catton. Hmm. And it talks about how uh, the Earth has uh, a resource carrying capacity um, and that we have overshot it so intensely. And this mm -hmm. book was written in the 80s, and it's terrifying. And so when he talks about 4 billion people are too much for the oh, world that's the scary part um i kind of ner nervously laugh um because now we've seven and a half billion so it's <laughs> right. um and there's and and there's one concept that i i want to tell you guys and it's called drawdown but it's where we're stealing resources from the future so we are drawing yeah it's mm. just it, it's just a, a really um terrifying but fantastic read and i highly recommend that that's terrifying but also a super cool pitch for a sci-fi movie stealing resources from the future i'm copying writing that right now no one listening can take that uh, originality <laughs> i call it wow is that is that your two or evan do you have another one maybe one that'll put a smile on our face <laughs> i do i do have another one my my other one which is uh much 
Well, it's also sad, I guess. But <laughs> <That> it's, <laughs> it's it's because unfortunately, um, the fantastic actor, uh, it's Jessica Walter, oh, passed yeah. away, uh, and so and so I've been watching uh, a lot of Arrested Development lately, hmm. which is a fantastic uh, comedy show. Um, Very good. It's mm-hmm. so good, and it's one of the best. It really, it's uh, in- incredible. Um, and, sh- and she plays the matriarchy of the main, uh, rich, rich family in that show. And she's fantastic. So mm, highly recommend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I had fun doing it. <laughs> Uh, so something a little different from what I, I've usually been talking about in all seven episodes. Uh, so I've actually been able to get some writing done this week. Ooh, uh, nice. and something that has been helping me is, so I have my own, uh, writing playlist on Spotify. Uh, it's mm-hmm. really just a playlist of like a bunch of songs and artists that I like, but there is a specific vibe of like. Uh, indie music uh, yeah. that just like kind of gets me in a good headspace for writing. Yeah. And uh, for the Y Men, uh, I reached out to a band called The All Together uh, to, to see if I could use a couple of their songs. Uh, and then I listened to the rest of their music and then I was like, wow, they're really good. And so uh, I, I want to shout out The All Together and their music. You can see it all on Spotify or Bandcamp or whatever. Uh, you go to music for uh, they're just a, a good group uh, of musicians and, and they put out some good like indie songs that not only like I can just listen to and would want to learn how to play guitar for or how to sing or whatever it is but also just good mood setters for getting into the the mindset of of writing and things like that so yeah, the all together. The, they've got some good stuff out there. I recommend listening. And That's for the one. listeners, if you had like any doubt, you know, if I was thinking of inspirations, funny enough, like Jacob has actually introduced me to a, a lot of my music inspirations. Um, and some of those would be like Jacob Collier, uh, Wolfpack. Oh, um, yeah. And the and the all together. Right. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I can I can highly vouch for Jacob's musical taste. Yeah, if you ever if you if you've seen the Y Men and you remember five minutes mm-hmm. from the intro, yes. that's them. Good choice of music. How about you, Nate? Yeah, so my definitely not procrastinating this week uh, involves scrolling through Facebook. That was the procrastinating part, <laughs> <laughs> but the definitely not procrastinating part actually comes. Uh, uh, through Facebook, and it, uh, I stumbled across something that was posted, I think, a, a, a month ago or so. And uh, there's a couple uh, of uh, really cool folks uh, in the Juniata IMA program who is, or who are, uh, who created a uh, a trailer for the East Broadtop Railroad. Okay, uh, a trailer. I think they're doing a documentary film, and, and I'm not sure if it's out yet. But uh, I have to I have to see if it is. But there are some really cool folks who are who are doing that, and I want to give them a shout out because it, it looks awesome. Uh, by the way, so it looks awesome. That's the Juniata uh, Integrated or Integrated Media Arts. Uh, and there's a couple of folks who are who are working on a project, and so I decided that I would you know do some research on this uh, East Broadtop uh, Railroad 
Um, and it's, it's a fascinating, a fascinating place to go on YouTube if you type it in. So go check it out. And, uh, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll have some updates. We may even try to get some of those folks on the show uh, later. I think that would be a lot of fun. And, uh, of course, we're big fans of uh, Juniata and, and the folks that um, come out of Juniata. So, so that was yeah. my definitely not, definitely not procrastinating uh, for this week. Cool. Yeah. Not sponsored by Juniata. But, <laughs> I mean, unless that's something you're into, Juniata. I don't want to close that door. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Listen, we'll take that sponsorship. <laughs> that, that is a good one. I, I saw those posts on Facebook as well. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited for that. All right. Uh, well, Evan, thank you so much for joining yes, us. Yes, thank you. Uh, of course, we'll, we'll link uh, Breath of the Ocean in the description for this episode, as well as Eric and Farmer's music. Uh, but other than that, where can the people find you and stay up to date? Uh, you can... <laughs> You can follow me on Twitter, and uh, actually, I don't know if you remember this, but one of our Juniata professors uh, made fun of me on on Twitter for my handle, so I am <laughs> always embarrassed for it, but it is yep. tall underscore dude 64 on Twitter. <laughs> so. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's where you can find it. I would it. love it even, even more if you were like 5'8 and just like a normal height. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> For the listeners, uh, Evan is a tall, tall guy. I am. He's a tall guy. Yeah, airplanes suck for me. It is, <laughs> is not fun. Yeah. Hey, uh, relatable. Not as tall as you, but relatable. But relatable. Yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable. You know, that's I'm just comfortable. <laughs> Anyways, you can you can find me tweeting about my comfortable plane ride at Nate Ulrich 16 <laughs> on Twitter. So check it out. Um, I'm always comfortable on airplanes. And fun fact about me, I can never sleep on airplanes because I am too worried that I'm going to miss the meal. Is that true? <laughs> that's so true. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> that's yeah. such a fascinating window into your lifestyle it, it explains is, a it lot is. it sure does all right jacob <laughs> jacob where can the people find you uh you can find my hot airplane takes at uh <laughs> the jacob novak on twitter uh i think i might the next few days i have off so i think i'm gonna try to find a better handle but until then until then it's at the jacob novak so yeah uh once again evan thanks for joining us thank you thanks for having me on guys Thanks for listening. Write That Down is produced by Nate Ulrich and Jacob Novak. Music for this podcast includes Answered by Ketza and Dream 13 by Punch Deck. You can find links to both artists in the description for this episode. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can email your questions or topic suggestions to askwtd at gmail.com. Once again, that's askwtd at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.